Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves in one. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our special guest is we, Lisa Wolheim, is the founder of Asset Partners, Inc., a company that works with law firms and high net worth individuals to help resolve complex financial disputes during divorce proceedings. Lisa understands how grueling, costly, and emotionally draining the divorce process can be for women. Her goal is to help her clients get through this difficult time as quickly, efficiently, and cost-effectively as possible. She takes a holistic approach when dealing with divorce cases and is known for providing customized solutions that fit clients' unique needs. She helps to establish the value of assets and liabilities, calculate income expenses, analyze cash flow, and prepare valuations of business interest. She also works with clients to identify fraud and un uncover lost or hidden assets. With her unique combination of accounting and legal, legal expertise, Lisa firmly understands how lawyers, clients, and courts require information to be delivered and how to craft those messages most favorably. Lisa holds a bachelor's degree from Tulane University. She has been featured in countless media, including Authority Magazine and ThriveGlobal.com, and she lives in Boston. And with all that said, welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Hi. Hi. Well, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. You are very uh, focused on what you do. You have a very niche market, and I know it's it's an, a daily event, unfortunately, in our world. Uh, divorces are happening each and every day. I don't know what the statistics are, but I think they're pretty high. And uh, they de definitely need advocates like yourself. So with that said, do us a favor. Uh, tell us a story of how you decided to get into this business, how you started Asset Partners. And uh, let us know what, what it was to uh, have you choose this direction for your uh, for your business. Sure. Um, so it's a, I kind of, I would say, backed into um, what I'm currently doing. I formed Asset Partners in about 2007. And at that point in time, I was an asset manager for lenders. So essentially, I would take back um, lenders, which could be banks um, or insurance companies and as such, which had made investments in um, commercial hospitality hospitality entities like resorts, golf courses, and the like. Um, and what I would do is the um, I worked for the lender, um, and would they would take back in lieu of foreclosure. So these were all essentially bankruptcy um, proceedings. We would take back the assets. Sometimes I'd act as a court appointed receiver, a neutral party between the lender and the borrower. Um, and um, talk specifically about one portfolio of three hotels that was located on Jekyll Island, Georgia. The lender had made, um, the investment was uh, north of $20 million in these three ocean property, oceanside properties. And um, they were, uh, it was a case of 
fraud, the lender had borrowed and misappropriated, I'm, I'm sorry, the borrower had borrowed uh, 20 million, approximately $20 million and had mis misappropriated the majority of that. Um, so I came in, um, took over the day-to-day -day oversight with a, a more global mission of rebuild, rebuilding the asset value. And through that, there was um, a huge segment that was litigation um, related. So um, cleaning up tax liens, title, um, vendor, um, mechanics liens, that sort of thing. Um, then there was the operational, and there was actually a criminal element as far as um, the pursuit of uh, fraud charges against the original borrower. Mm. Um, and then keeping the properties open essentially to um, um, to begin to um, create positive cash flow and positive value to prepare them eventually for sale. And so those were the various um, skill sets. And I did that for a number of years, but as you had mentioned, I'm based in Boston and my clients were in Washington State, Jekyll Island, Georgia, Florida, um, Ocala, Ocala, Florida, Boca Raton. So everything involved at least a full, a pro, for me, it was at least like six to eight hours of travel before I could actually hit the ground and start working. And I did that for a number of years, but I also had twin um, infants at the time. And at one point, um, it just seemingly were these multi-year processes the a number of the entities that I was responsible for were actually successfully I shepherded them through a successful sale process, and at that point in time, I decided to really dwindle down um, my business, and because what I was doing was too travel intensive, um, so I took a break for a while, and I um, taught which actually there was a real element in training and, and teaching, but I taught at a number of local business um, programs as a, on adjunct faculty for seven years. And I really enjoyed that. Um, and I felt that, and there was all business accounting, marketing um, and the like, which were all elements of assets, the original reiteration of asset partners, um, because we had to market the properties one, for clients and as well as, you know, marketing for sale and disposition of the assets for my clients. Um, and so then at the conclusion of that, um, almost um, uh, by chance, I was assisting in some additional, in uh, one particular litigation case that happened to be divorce related. And it was striking to me that the elements were, in this particular case, were so similar to what I had been doing on a commercial portfolio basis. Although with my experience, they seemed far more manageable. And that being, you know, an, an analysis of, of the current marital estate and financial standing, 
of the cash flow, what was come for my clients, what was coming in, what was going out, completing the required forms, which are actually um, relatively straightforward. But if you've never done one and you're attesting to it um, under perjury, it can be intimidating. So guiding through um, that process. And I think because I had managed, um, well, I, in the, in my commercial realm, I had an in-house attorney, although I am not an attorney, I had an in-house attorney because we would do the majority of the legal work in-house and then just sub out what was necessary. So although I was not a lawyer, I oversaw the litigation litigation for hundreds of millions of dollars of assets. And so as part of that, even in the divorce cases, I um, have an eye towards, my goal is any work that I complete actually makes it into court filings or the, um, the that there's a, or um, exhibits or some sort of documentation. So instead of just provide, you know, um, creating these things in a vacuum, I always do it with an eye towards uh, litigation. The hope in domestic um, relations is that, you know, the majority of the cases settle. But I think that even doing that, it um, kind of shows the other, the opposing counsel and the opposing side that we are prepared, that this is organized and everything is fact-based and it, it um, communicates hopefully a position of strength and fact-based um, information. And so, um, and from that initial um, start, I had a relationship with a couple of Boston law firms and I started communicating my availability and um, skill sets and referrals from existing clients. And that has morphed into Asset Partners Today, which is a litigation consulting firm. And do you, but you specifically for, uh, focus on people going through divorce? Uh, you, I, ha I have been, you, but it, yes, right. I have. Currently that is, um, you know, I think the, Primarily because of the referrals, um, as, since I started in domestic relations, mm -hmm. I am getting a lot of domestic relation um, referrals. But um, what I described is obviously, as it came from commercial, you know, commercial experience, it is equally, if not perhaps even um, better suited to commercial um, litigation. Okay. But so thus far, the okay. so you could do both. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, very good. So our listeners would understand that uh, from, from, from a business perspective and from a domestic perspective, you could provide that service for them. Um, and you did this really kind of, if I heard you correctly, compelled because you uh, had two kids at home and travel is too much. So you decided to take a little bit more control of your destiny and and really branch out on your own. So did you... Um, you, so you actually did go out on your own. You left the firm that you're working with and started your own company. Is that how it worked? Um, yes, but everything the, the um, everything that I've been discussing, I did work for a firm, for a real estate development firm, about 
25 years ago, mm-hmm. but everything, um, and I left that firm to form Asset Partners. And everything I've been discussing was while I was working for myself. Okay. So how long have you been on uh, on your own? How long have you had your company? Um, since about, about 18 years. All right. So well enough to weather a few storms, um, to uh, probably make some decisions that were maybe you would do differently if you look backwards. In fact, let me ask you that question. Looking back 18 years, are there, th- are there things that now you would say, knowing what I know today, I would do differently back then? Yeah, I think it pertains to, I think for a lot of um, founders of companies, especially when you're starting out, there is a real, uh, I would basically take any work Although, you know, I was happy with the terms, but I would take any work um, that was, you know, offered essentially. And so one example is Spokane, Washington in state. And that was a a relatively smaller hotel. And that's, there are no nonstop flights from Austin to Spokane, Washington. And so that's an example. And it was one unit um, as opposed to a portfolio. And so there's an example where perhaps looking back, instead of grabbing that opportunity, um, which really created a lot of drag for my operation and weekly um, kind of work life, um, I think perhaps my time would have been better spent marketing it where I live, you know, for Boston um, or New England based clients. So um, that would be one um, item, which is I took any and all work. Yeah, I think that's the nature of being an entrepreneur, right? We all we all do that. Uh, we'll t- everything looks attractive, and then as we grow, we get to be a little bit more selective. Um, very good. But you are su- successful. Eighteen years in business for yourself. Uh, you've obviously car- carved out a new lifestyle for yourself. Uh, what are some decisions that you made that were uh, a catalyst for that success? Um, well, one was geographic, you know, one was definitely deciding that, you know, the travel, you know, and obviously I'm 25 years older than when I started, but the travel is, um, is something that I really do rule out while I had, um, young and even school age children. So limiting myself um, geographically kind of honed in the focus. Um, another thing was that I think that, um, being a professor for seven years and making that leap into education served me really well. Um, there's absolutely, although everyone had heard it, but as someone who had navigated in that field for over for seven years, exactly. The um, lack of compensation is shockingly low, but the experience was um, really helpful. And I feel like it um, honed my skills. Um, I I feel that I am much better at communicating high level concepts and information in a digestible way. And I get that feedback, um, you know, from my clients. And I don't think I would have been there, but for the teaching experience, because as a as an asset manager, I was operating with um, 
access to the highest level of these lenders. And so we were all talking um, the same language, the same concepts, and those, um, while they apply, there was this assumption of knowledge that going through the years of teaching, I feel that that has really helped me um, communicate, number one, with clients in domestic cases, but also with um, with their attorneys. Yeah, you know, there used to be a saying, teachers, people who teach don't do. But on the other hand, the flip side of that, I think the people who do and learn to teach have to know their have to know their products or service intimately uh, at a high level in order to teach. So I think from right. that perspective, uh, I've done that as well in commercial real estate. I taught and I found that I always honed my skills while I was in the actual activity of doing commercial real estate. Um, Lisa, we're going to take a commercial break. This is about your company, Asset, um, Asset Partners, Inc. Um, tell our listeners, who uh, who is your customer? Uh, anything you'd like to promote about your company? Uh, who would be, uh, is, uh, who's who's the best to utilize your services? Uh, thank you. I, I think it's, it's two groups. I mean, the first group is um, our actual clients, parties to domestic relations slash divorce cases, um, who um, particularly have um, my clients typically fall into the category of one, there is a suspicion of um, some sort of hidden assets or income stream, or two, there is a, they are coming from a complicated, and this is just broad strokes, but they're coming from a situation where there is a complicated financial um, background um, of which they have, they have been excluded from the majority, if not the entirety of their marriage and are seeking to really understand what is the marital estate. The other client um, are law firms that are involved in domestic litigation because um, being solely focused in some of the, some firms, uh, lawyers who bill at a much obviously exponentially higher rate than I do um, are tasked with this. And some of my clients, some of the firms are um, extremely busy and um, having them, having lawyers do work that I would typically be tasked with is a, is somewhat inefficient for the firms. And it can be a win-win for all parties, meaning the lawyers are able to focus on the legal aspects rather than the financial aspects of the case. Um, I do this routinely every day. So I have a certain level of efficiency and formatting. I bill less than the lawyers and I'm able to interact and interface with the client to help shepherd them you know, through the process. So um, sometimes I'm hired by um, a party to the divorce directly, and sometimes I'm brought in through um, the family relations like department of a law firm. So, so people are going through a domestic divorce, uh, law firms, uh, themselves who are handling cases like that. But you mentioned you do 
I'll say just general commercial business. So if people are trying to sell a business, you know, whether it's in, has involved real estate or furniture fixtures and equipment, uh, a lot of times those hidden assets are need to be discovered. Is that service that you provide too? Yeah, and it would typically be the um, the kind of um, perfect commercial litigation is like the um, the dissolution of a partnership um, where there are opposing views on the value and you know just financial standing of um, of a particular asset. Also through the uh, uh, people preparing for sale. And you know, want to go through their due diligence um, to have a better understanding. And then, of course, what I focused on for a number of years, which would be um, for lenders taking back commercial assets. Okay, so your services are pretty broad. Um, yes, and a lot of, like of our listeners here are um, people who own companies. So they may find themselves in both categories, may go be going through, hopefully not, but maybe through a divorce uh, and then to deal with their business assets. Uh, but also a lot of them are buying or selling a business and need to have the due diligence process done and make sure the assets they're buying are there. I've heard a lot of nightmare stories where people signed on the dial line, they bought a business only to come to find out some assets were not were discovered later. They carried a lot of liability with them, uh, okay. which was uh, to their detriment. So I think your services are... Very much needed, and I'm sure law firms could likes to use. Uh, law firms are good at what they do. Lawyers are good at being lawyers, and you're good at doing the business side of this equation. Um, okay, so let's switch gears. Uh, 18 years, you've weathered a lot of storms. You've been through some recessions and dot com errors, and you know all the all the type of ups and downs of our economy. We talk a lot about in this podcast. 2022 is the craziest year I've ever seen, where we have so many headwinds happen at one time. But you're a survivor. You're here. If we're heading into 2023 with a little bit of a hangover from 2022. So being a founder, CEO, uh, how did you navigate uh, the past a little bit? May say 2022. How are you going to navigate 2023? Are you excited about it? Fearful about it? Is your industry not even affected by it? I mean, is it your life, what you do, life goes on regardless of what goes on in the economy. Uh, and then second part of that question, how do you get yourself out of bed on Monday morning to uh, lead the charge? So uh, give us some insight. Um, so, yeah, I would say for domestic, my experience with domestic um, relations is that it was it's somewhat, somewhat um, COVID proof. Um, so, but what the number one thing that um the number one effect for what I do is the pace was slowed dramatically. You know, in Massachusetts, they were, the courts were closed for, probate courts were closed for a period of time. They were remote with having no um, preparation for going remote. There was a prioritization. Of course, you know, probate courts deal with end of life, uh, child uh, custody issues, really serious things. And they had to push down um, financial, you know, essentially financial cases. And so there was a tremendous lag time where pre-COVID um, at one point, attorneys could walk in to a court and file an emergency motion. Um, we're still experiencing 
um, backlog of a couple of months, you know, in Massachusetts. Um, so that was the, the, the main effect for me is I'm sure that there, I would believe that there was a, um, a decrease in the number of filings just because every individual was navigating COVID for the first time. And probably um, also a decrease because those who did the filings were aware, you know, that this was going to be a protracted um, process. And um, um, and then for, for me, day in and day out, the real notice was, you know, everything was remote. Um, scheduling became a little more difficult. Um, and my deadlines were pushed months in advance. Um, and going into 2023, my experience is that there's an easing, although there's still a backlog, there's an easing of um, the, the, the time to get things heard in Massachusetts for probate. And um, I also think there is maybe as a direct correlation, there's a bit of an uptick. You know, my at, at its worst, maybe I had deadlines four and five months in advance. Now I would say I'm typically working on things that have a date maybe two months in advance. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but I we are definitely taking more in-person meetings. I feel like, especially for what I do, um, when there's, I was on a, we had a meeting on Friday and there were seven of us and it was remote. Yeah, we were going over specific detailed financial information and um, some, we believe some fraudulent um, activity. And just given the volume of, um, of papers and statements and reporting and formatting, it, we, it really, we would have been better served if we were able to have had that meeting, you know, in person. It just doesn't lend, when you're getting into the real nitty gritty entry by entry, I don't feel that really lends itself to, you know, multi-party, multi-expert, you know, Zoom meetings. And if we're at the, in the same room at the same table and can you know, review the information. I feel like that's a more efficient, um, you know, process. But obviously, that's not um, always possible. But you know, in the height of COVID, every obviously every single thing was remote. Um, and now, by and large, we are at least able to have we can have you know a global discussion giving global direction about what are some of the big issues. I think that is perfectly. Um, efficient to have on a Zoom call, but when it comes down to presenting actual data, I feel like it's a real um, benefit to be able to meet in person. And fortunately, looking into 2023, I see that that, um, by and large, is able to happen. Good, good. And how about for yourself? You know, again, you're a leader, you got to get up on Monday morning, you got to, you know, face the headwinds and uh, lead the charge. How do you do you have certain things that you do, disciplines, uh, mentors, books, uh, workout programs? How do you keep yourself focused? Um, I try to have a balance. You know, I, ha I try to have um, a bit of a balance, you know, balanced life. So I have outside activities. I still have um, uh, children at home, pets. Um, I have a trainer that I work out with. 
but honestly, it's really interesting um, just to say on uh, Monday, on uh, this past Monday, I was up and at my desk because I could not wait, literally could not wait to get a memo out the door because it was, um, it was essentially, um, I had uncovered $1.9 million that was coming back to my client. And so the real impetus just, you know, a couple of days ago was I was literally almost running up to my office to, I wanted to get this out, which then again, with an eye towards, well, maybe this will be, I hope that their, the attorney will actually cut and paste chunks of it. Um, and that it will maybe possibly this, this is a definite, a kind of definitive moment in this case. So it also needs to be prepared for, um, you know, perhaps uh, submittal as an exhibit for court. I know it's going to make it over to opposing counsel in one way, shape, or form. So it's not a quick exercise, you know, in that paradigm. But so what I was hoping was to get it done so that I could maintain the rest of my schedule. But what ended up happening was um, to get it perfect um, and created to fit all of those uh potential future uses, um, I ended up pushing back my sporting and pet uh, course and all of these other activities, you know, over the rest of the day, but it all worked out. But the real incentive was when I feel like I have something that is um, going to be very impactful. Yeah, I'm sure your client was very happy to get that uh, email or letter from yeah, you. Monday yeah, Monday morning. <laughs> that made their rest of the week, I'm sure. I hope so. Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you for taking time out of your busy day. Uh, you do add, definitely have a value-add service. I, I think, uh, you know, depending on who, which side of the table uh, your, your clients are on, uh, you're bringing value to them and by establishing and helping them find the real value of their assets to resolve any, you know, due diligence or, you know, settlements, et cetera. So I think it's a critical component critical need in our in our society but uh, how could people get a hold of, hold of you should they want to learn more or could utilize your services sure uh, very easily so my website is assetpartnersinc.com and i can um, be reached directly at lisa at assetpartnersinc.com very good. And we will put that information in the show notes, which will be uh, this podcast will be aired in about two to three weeks on all podcast platforms, as well as you'll be able to watch the video on YouTube. Lisa, I want to thank you on behalf of our listeners for sharing your expertise, your wisdom, your insight, and most of all, for taking time out of your busy day. Thank you very much for having me. You're more than welcome. Have a great day. You too. Rich LeBron here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show 
include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, arlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.